Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Film Focus, episode 118, the review for Justice League, The Snyder Cut. Hey to you, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West End. Welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, Divers on Fifty Five, and I'm glad you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And, ladies and gentlemen, it is a momentous day, a day of reckoning, a day that has been foretold in the stars, and we finally get to do it today on the podcast. We're going to be talking about that infamous, that legendary, that much sought-after film. Justice League, but not that 2017 edition. No, 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 no. We're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, also known as the Snyder Cut. But I realized when this film was coming out, I I wasn't enough of a man to do this. I needed a team of my own. So I assembled a crew of really good gentlemen to join me. First up, we have returning guest, my homeboy, Ross, if you'd like to introduce yourself, sir. Well, I suppose it's uh, much like the league. Uh, you need us united to, uh, to to cover the film properly. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, uh, thank you for having me, Kurt. Um, it's good to be back uh, for my uh, third third time on your podcast, I believe. And yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, um, as you know, I'm uh, quite the quite the DC fan, especially when it comes to Batman things. So I'm yeah happy to. Discuss at length because it's a four-hour movie. There's plenty to talk about. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And um, now I'll move on to our next guest, who happens to be your homeboy and a lovely gentleman I had the pleasure of speaking to during our discussion on DC Fandom last year. So, homeboy Felix, if you'd like to introduce yourself, sir. Hello, everybody. I'm Felix. <laughs> I, too, have joined this, this Justice League of boys to battle our way through the Snyder Cut. Uh... Call me the dark side of the group, because I'm enjoying just watching on from the sidelines. That's, that's that's my role. I watch the action from a distance, and then I peace out when I'm done. That, that's my intro. That was disgusting, and I respect it. <laughs> Call me Daddy Dark Side. You stop that. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be a fun discussion, I can tell already. Um, and wrapping up our wonderful little team. I have my long-term homeboy and, like, uh, someone I've wanted to get on the podcast for a while. My friend, Elon, if you'd like to introduce yourself, sir. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for bringing me into the, uh, into the fold, boys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to, uh, to keep up the standard. I can already tell you guys, uh, you're on fire. So let's go. I'm ready. Excellent. <laughs> All right, so ladies and gentlemen, the way we're going to do this is um, we're going to have a general impressions about the film, just some quick thoughts, and then we'll be talking about the story, characters, and presentation in that order, just so we can get this a little bit of structure. Then our sort of overall conclusion, you know, in the spoiler-free fashion, and then we'll be diving right into spoiler territory. So everything spoilers up to a point. I'll 
literally leave something in the description for you guys but essentially once we get into spoiler territory all bets are off we're going to be talking about everything that was within this film how it relates to the 2017 edition and also discuss some of Zack Snyder's recent interviews about some of the content that he would have put into this film had this you know series gone ahead and expanded in that version of the DCU so yeah sit back and relax and as we jump into this wonderful, beautiful, crazy thing that we're going to be doing. So, gentlemen, mm -hmm. our initial thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I think I'll go first and summarize it pretty much. Um, overall, I would say that this film was definitely an improvement on the original. It felt way more cohesive, more, more coherent, and so many things make more sense. They flow together, you know, scenes between moments, and the visuals are cleaner. And Cyborg and Flash, who were probably the least well-utilized characters in the 2017 edition, have arcs and have moments to shine, especially Ray Fisher's uh, Cyborg, who, again, was definitely, like, felt like the core of the team that was promised during that sort of promotional period. I still don't think that this film is amazing by any means, and some people that are making this out to be, like, you know, the second coming of Christ, I think are a bit mad. But, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, this is definitely an improvement. I would say I had a good time, but, you know, I was not moved, if that makes any sense. All right. <laughs> Is, uh, does, does that mean does that mean it's my turn? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Take the stand. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm on a similar level to you. To be honest, it's um, yeah, definitely, definitely an improvement on uh, the 2017 uh, quote unquote Justice League, as it's been dubbed. Um, I I don't even. Especially, like, people viciously hate the 2017 theatrical version. I don't really have a strong opinion on it. To me, it's just sort of a, you know, studio hodgepodge bunch of nothing. Um, obviously, a very troubled produ production for reasons we may or may not get into later. But, um, but yeah, as far as uh, Snyder's original vision goes, um, you know what? Not everything in it is to my taste. I have some issues, but... It's uh, it feels like a complete story. It has its own stylistic flair and flavor to it, and it's sort of conclusive enough, but leaves enough doors open, um, you know, for future iterations if there are any. And uh, and yeah, I think overall, I I have as said, I do have issues which we'll get into later, but overall, I like it more than I dislike it for what it's worth, so there you go. <laughs> Alright, Felix, it's your turn, baby. Oh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm slightly less hot on this movie than you guys are. I, would, I think it's incredibly mixed. I think if you're a fan of kind of Snyder and his work before, I definitely recommend it, but I don't see this film playing to just a general movie enjoy. It's like your average audience member. I think there's a lot yeah, of stuff that's, that's not going to make any sense if you don't have kind of a deep backing of of comics of this world that Snyder's created in terms of how it compares to Justice League I, I might be one of the only people who feels this way I, I think Snyder's one has more value as a film I think it's a more kind of valuable piece of entertainment 
But honestly, if you're just looking for a quality movie, I, I think Justice League comes ahead of this cut. That would be my take. It's bold. It's very bold. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is why we brought him in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Felix is just going to say that all the controversial stuff. <laughs> DC Twitter is going to crucify you, Felix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I... I, I yeah. feel like like he is talking about you know uh, uh, where I stand. I think I'm the person he's preaching to. I mean, ah. I, uh, I I dig I dig most of it. I have to say I dig most of it. Um, I'm 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 quite a sucker for uh, else like like I said before, Elseworlds stories. You know, um, any DC Elseworlds story, I'm, I'm I'm in. You know, show me a superhero or a supervillain in like a different light. You know, in a different reality. Uh, dealing with different stakes than we than we usually see them in, you know, I'm I'm all down for that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he just has like a really cool um, way of he he uses a story in a very mythological mythological way, you know. Um, Greek gods, I think, is like his huge kind of inspiration for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it comes to it comes together more of an more as an epic, I think, as a as a as an adventure in this version than it did in the Joss Whedon version for me personally. Yeah, so I I think I think story wise, this is this is a lot a lot better. There's less patches, less holes to poke into it, um, and. Uh, yeah, I dig it. All right, well, that was some lovely summaries, gentlemen. Like, uh, obviously, we'll be getting into the nitty gritty stuff, probably yeah. more so in the spoiler territory. But for now, we're just going to move on to the story of this film, and it can be summed up pretty <coughs> simply, especially since the general structure of it is pretty much the same, with just some additions in this new version. Basically, we have. Batman and Wonder Woman essentially trying to unite the other heroes to come together in a time of crisis because Steppenwolf, this film's main bad guy, is coming from space to obtain the mother boxes to create the unity which will end the world. So we're going to go about and basically form the Justice League. It's sort of similar in a way to the Avengers where essentially that was just about getting a bunch of heroes together to basically fight an alien from space, who brought his little cronies to go about and cause some chaos. Now, obviously, there are variations in terms of how these guys came together and how the team was formed and so on and so forth, but the general structure is sort of the same. And it's pretty much one of those sort of situations that if you're familiar with comics and superhero-related stuff, it's a trope that gets used a lot. Get a bunch of people together to fight like, you know, is it a big threat that no one could fight individually? And I would say... For my thoughts personally, like I said earlier, this film was coherent and cohesive. And that's the two main words I would say to uh, summarize this plot. It just flowed together very nicely. The tone was correct. It had that sort of darker feeling that I would associate with um, Batman vs Superman and to a degree of Man of Steel beforehand. And... One of the other things that I did like was there were small yet notable additions to this film that made it feel like there was a little bit more heart involved because Snyder's films, they do have their sort of moments of emotional material, but I don't think it ever goes that deep. Not for me, and just in terms of the way in which he handles certain things, but with this film, there was a certain level of like um, 
heart that was introduced to this uh, that I feel was necessary. And also some of the humour that was in this film was actually solid. Better than the 2017 edition where it felt really cringy and unnecessary. And yeah, man, by the time it was over, I'd say I was satisfied. However, there are some elements in here that... um, Felix alluded to beforehand that if you don't have any comic book knowledge beforehand, you're just going to be like, what the hell is this? Why is this here? And since everything's sort of up in the air in terms of how the future of the DCEU is going to happen, you're going to be kind of disappointed just in terms of like, okay, this really doesn't have any meaning in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, obviously eventually when we get to the spoiler territory, you will understand what I mean by that. Uh, Ross, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, th- I think overall, uh, as you say, it, do- it, it does feel more cohesive than uh, than Justice League, uh, so-called, uh, but it's, I mean, the thing is, I'm always going to have a little more respect and a little more time for films and, I guess, TV as well, just projects that have a clear artistic vision behind them. Said vision might not be to my tastes. Um, I I definitely have my issues with Snyder's style that um that like I don't it doesn't I don't always vibe with it the best, but it's um at least in this case it's like okay, there's a clear intent, there's a clear tone that it's going for, as opposed to you know, Justice League, which was sort of like half of a Zack Snyder film, or like a fraction of a Zack Snyder film, um, largely studio mandated with, you know, control by Joss Whedon, which essentially just turned it into Dire Avengers, really. And yeah. it's, <laughs> and, and I say that as someone who, you know, actually enjoys the MCU, but I digress. Um, but it's, um, but, yeah, I do. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I think you definitely. I mean, essentially, the film, as you pointed out, this version and the Justice League version are essentially about the same thing, but this one just feels like there's a little more weight to it. You know that there's, you know the. There's clearly a bigger scale and hints at bigger things to come, which may or may not happen. Um, we'll see. But, um, and, you know, each character does actually get at least a little bit of time to shine. And especially, as you pointed out, with Flash and especially Cyborg, who, yeah, like, Cyborg was done dirty in, in, in <laughs> Justice League. And at this point, it's no secret that, you know, Ray Fisher was screwed over by Joss Whedon and Warner Brothers, because, yeah, Justice League, very troubled produ- production on that front. Uh, Joss Whedon certainly has a lot to answer for in that respect, and others, but, uh, but yeah, like, you, you at least got some kind of, some semblance of emotional weight behind each character, or, or if not emotional weight, some dramatic weight, and it's sort of each character had their own little moments have their own scenes and and yeah I think overall it definitely works better um it's it's difficult to talk about the issues that I had with it because like I 
don't by any means think it's a perfect film, but most of my issues are going to delve more into spoiler territory, so I'm, try, I'm trying to hold back a little bit. But I guess the way I'd summarize it is if you are A, a fan of Zack Snyder's work, or B, you know, like the, the sort of the range of the DCEU, or C, sort of, you know, just wanted more from Justice League, the theatrical version, um, you will probably like this. But that's not to say it's perfect. <laughs> I, I think I sort of agree with Ross. You know, it is it is really good to have a film that just is someone's vision. And that is a, almost to a fault exactly what this is. This is Snyder's unstopped vision. The story is still sort of 80% the same, I'd say. It's very similar. If you've seen the theatrical cut, you sort of know what to expect. I think the difference in story is actually very similar to the difference in story between, you know, the BVS theatrical cut and the extended cut. And I think that's a pretty good way to measure how you'll feel about the change in this movie. Like, there are less glaring plot holes. You know, a lot of them are fixed with other things that Snyder does, and you go, oh, that's why that was there. That makes so much more sense. But there are many more scenes that are, again, to kind of go back to BVS... There are a lot of scenes that, similar to the nightmare scene in that movie, you watch and you go, I have no idea what that was. I don't yeah. understand what the purpose of that was or what that meant. And unless you are really deep in comics and lore, it won't mean anything to you. And I think this film has many more moments like that. Things that just don't quite connect unless you have that deep knowledge. But again, the story is it, it's very, very, very similar. If if you love the theatrical story, then you'll probably love this one as well, because it is largely the same beats. I honestly um, just follow up with that. I, I agree with um, how you explain that, to be honest. It's a good point. I mean, I think again, if you if you felt like you were missing something in, in the Joss Whedon version, you know, story-wise, and we're still talking about story right here, we're still covering story. I think if you felt, you know, things were missing, you will definitely get that here, but whether you like what you get is based on your fandom, I guess, with um, Justice League and 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 Zack Snyder and, and whether you have the, the hunger to know more. Like, you know, do you, do you care if the nightmare scene means something? If you do, jump in. You know, if it if it didn't mean anything to you or you were confused or you didn't seem to be too bothered, I would say um it's just more of that, right? It's it's more mm. of that. And I think I think it's such a it's such a fan film. It's mm. it's hard to recommend it to someone that either struggled to sit through the Justice League or is more of a a lighter-hearted uh, yeah. superhero fan, I think. Casual moviegoers won't vibe with it, I don't think. It yeah, is for a real. Four, it's a four-hour passion project, for, for yeah. better or worse. So. I do. And I, even, I really love what you said there. I think you're absolutely yeah. spot on with that. It is, if you want answers, you'll get them here. Whether you'll like the answers is a very different <laughs> question. I think that's the perfect way to sum it up. Yeah, that's the gist of it, really. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, it's a great, like, you know... Uh, great set of thoughts from you guys. I would literally, like, you know, echo that exactly. It's a creator's vision realized to its fullest potential and under different circumstances considering that we're all in this covid lockdown madness i'm not sure that this film would actually exist um i feel like because everybody has been you know stuck indoors and we've all sort of uh 
gotten in touch with like entertainment and technology a lot more now people are online campaigning for certain things a lot more as well so with um Snyder and some of his cohorts sort of fanning the flames the fans literally just took to online basically to say yo man we want that give it give it to us please give it to us now and luckily that ended up like you know formulating in the form that it did um Seeing this in the cinema is the interesting thing for me because I feel like that four-hour runtime didn't feel as bad because I was watching it at home. Yeah. But watching it in and the of course cinema... we were pausing in between segments as well yeah. to kind of talk about certain bits and pieces. <laughs> and while there have been certain three-hour, like, you know, runtimes for certain films, like, you know, sometimes, like, say, for instance, I think the longest film I ended up seeing in the cinema was maybe, like, Blade Runner 2049... And luckily for me, that one didn't actually... I didn't ever, I never felt the uh, duration of that film at all. I was engrossed 100%. Yeah. But I know for certain people, you know, a three-hour runtime is a fairly daunting thing. Even True. with Avengers Endgame, when that came out, like, you know, some people were, like, you know, pretty worried about that runtime. And considering that this is an extra hour on top of that, I don't know if anybody would, like, you know, be down for that. And how would one end up having to, like, restructure it? Or it's like you know film related release so yeah i, I think I on think... that point sorry go ahead no no after you <laughs> i was just gonna say i think on that point i mean if people for the most part people were fine with endgame but that's but i feel that's because it felt earned right like you've yeah. earned my three hours because of the last couple dozen films right for the last um, 10 years of movies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right you know you've earned my attention for three hours right i want to see how this finishes Whereas with Justice League and even Snyder Cut, I feel it's kind of like, all right, you kind of rush this, mm-hmm. but, you know, it depends. Yeah, how curious are you to really uh, see his vision um, without the 20 film build up that Marvel had? Yeah, I mean, the DCU definitely took a different approach, and I, I have my issues with both franchises. Um, I, I think um, my main one with the DCU is it feels comparatively rushed like they're just trying to cram a lot in in way fewer movies Uh, and even bvs which yeah i mean i full transparency i I only actually i've only seen the the extended quote-unquote ultimate edition of that i have not seen the theatrical cut um the ultimate edition i like more than i dislike but I think the third act kind of falls apart, and I have a couple of grievances with it prior to that. But again, it's just sort of, as you were saying, it's sort of, it fe- it feels like there's just a lot in a short space of time. Uh, like with with BVS, you know, you didn't have to, you didn't have to do the sort of doomsday death of Superman plotline as well. You could have mm-hmm. just had a Man of Steel sequel with little injections of sort mm. of a Dark Knight Returns-esque Batman and kind of, you know, just have that. And a couple more movies before you built up to the big Justice League event. But yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, they didn't really pace themselves. They just went shot after shot after shot, you know? There was no uh, there was <laughs> no breaks in between. 
They were just trying to catch up with Marvel at that point, mm-hmm. I think. You're right. <laughs> DC were the friend arriving to the bar a little late. Marvel were already several <laughs> They tried to catch up, and they did it in too short a space. And they, they, and they, just, they just got too messy. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and crushed and burned, yeah. yeah. It, is, it is interesting you bring up the four-hour runtime of this, because I do think it is... I, I, it's not great. It is really, really, really long. I think the problem is the key to a long film is is pacing. Your film has mm-hmm. to be really well paced. You know, Scorsese can do a four-hour Irishman movie because he's great at pace. You know, Endgame can be and, three and hours. And so is his editor, film machine maker. Yes, yeah, they're just, all yeah. just they're great. <laughs> I think the problem is Snyder has never been great at pace. I think that's always been one of his I weaknesses. I, I think that's a fair that's a fair statement. And so it definitely. I think there are parts in this film where you are very aware that this doesn't need to be this long, that there are big chunks of this that yeah. could be removed and you'd be like, I'm still getting everything yeah. here. Or better yet. Um, I mean, there are literally scenes that you could say that you could see people looking at their phones. You could see people yeah. turning down, <laughs> you know, <laughs> going, all right, we're back at one of these. We could tune out again. We pointed out earlier, though, that, you know, the movie is even divided up into chapters. I think there are, well, like, five or six plus a prologue and epilogue. So it's like, okay, (laughs) just, you know, restructure certain elements of the edit a little bit and just make that sort of an eight-part miniseries. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, that, that for me, would have... It would have fixed a lot of the pacing issues. And in a a sense, it's sort of, you know, I mean... you know, it would have brought in more streams on HBO Max, uh, arguably, if as, as, if it's a series as opposed to a movie. Ooh, so look, look, you missed Mr. Money Man here, figuring out how he could sell HBO Max. I didn't realize we were sponsors. Well, <laughs> it's all business, baby. <laughs> you first I'm here. Madison at checkout for ten percent off your HBO Max subscription. <laughs> Warner Brothers, hire me, please. Uh, oh, gosh. Now, but, please, um, now, please don't. You're very trouble. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think, I think overall it's a better project than the 2017 one, but a case could definitely be made for it functioning better as a mini-series mm-hmm. than as a four-hour movie. <laughs> I yeah. think the, the last thing I would say uh, story-wise on this, um, and, and not just story-wise, I think... Uh, overall, I don't think we would have had this film without the Joss Whedon version. Oh, we I think, right, I think yeah. if the Joss Whedon version hadn't happened, I think the version that he would have finished in that time, in 2017, still wouldn't have been this, right? It wouldn't have been this four-hour epic. And I'm often wondering to myself, does that mean, is that better for this? Would that have been better mm. for the story? Or am I just because I'm fanboying out? I enjoy this four-hour epic. I mean, what do you guys think? Thing is, that there is are some really movies. Yeah, no, no, I'll second that. But there are some movies that I think are never just going to have a widespread cinematic screening appeal, and sure. I think this is one of them. Because sure. uh, another example, I recently um, I'm going to try and catch up on a few filmmakers this year, Paul Thomas Anderson being one, and I watched Boogie Nights for the first time a few days ago, and did a bit of sort of wider reading on that, and you know, it's, it's a two and a half hour movie that I think, I think, I mean, it's 18 up here, I think it got an R rating in the States, but apparently PTA originally wanted it to be NC-17, which is sort of like, they're of like a hard 
hard 18 and it and for it to be three hours and he sort of wrestled with the studio a little bit and i think they sort of essentially said like look you, it can either be nc17 and <clears throat> uh, two and a half hours or it can be r and three hours uh, uh pick one and he <laughs> he and he rebutted that by saying like this is a long like epic period drama about the porn industry it's not going to have a mainstream appeal and and he's got a point <laughs> and so yeah. uh, and so why the, fight and, it yeah and lo and behold the film ended up being r-rated in two and a half hours anyway so it was sort of trimmed down to the most i guess accessible version of it but it's still very much a movie and by extension paul thomas anderson is a filmmaker that like mainstream audiences for the most part won't really vibe with you know you'll only really be into pga and filmmakers like him if you're a film buff and you know cinephile if you want to call it that but it's like and i think similarly like this project uh you know snyder's justice league the version of it that exists now is not one that could have ever been released in cinemas and in a sense that raises I think uh, in Chris Stockman's review of the film, he raised an interesting point about how what this could mean for filmmakers who want more creative control, want to do more ambitious projects, the opportunities that streaming services like HBO Max and Netflix could open up for them, and that movies that might not have a w- widespread cinematic appeal otherwise might get more traction that way. Yeah, it's definitely um, <clears throat> certain elements to consider. Um, gentlemen, I wanted to talk about the characters real briefly as well, sure. just because um, there are numerous moving parts in here, not only from the main cast, but also certain characters who are secondary or maybe just get glorified cameos, but they all feel a little bit more substantial. Some people, unfortunately, don't really have a reason to be there, <laughs> which I think, like, you know, again, we will get into in the spoiler-based territory, but I will say that, for the most part, I liked all of the main performances, like the Justice League themselves. Yeah. Um, I remember initially when we came to BVS and seeing, like... Um, Obviously, we'd already had uh, Cavill established as Superman, and like you know, we got the introduction of uh, Ben Affleck as Batman and uh, Wonder Woman as well. And I thought like uh, Affleck was solid as uh, Batman. I thought Wonder Woman was sort of so-so at the time. I really came around on her when her solo film came around. So with this new film, I was at least in the 2017 edition. I was like, okay, I really like some of these people from their previous material, but this film does a good job of making everybody feel a little bit more consistent. They don't have any weird dialogue that they're going to be saying. No odd jokes that feel ill-timed and certain, what, tiny confrontations that didn't need to be there. I liked Ben Affleck as Batman, although not so much as I did in his uh, BVS appearance. Wonder Woman was pretty solid. I think I liked her slightly more in this edition than the previous version. Mm. Aquaman was fine, but I think... I liked him more because he was just a little bit more serious than his uh, solo film outing. Flash was definitely an improvement. I still didn't like some of his humor towards the early side of the film, and he did a couple things where I'm just like, I don't know. But again, spoiler-based stuff. But Mm -hmm. the fact that they gave him at least some substantial material that was very necessary for him and would definitely get me excited for his own solo film, I appreciate that. And Ray Fisher... There's been a lot of talk about that man online and, you know, there's been a lot of people that are either for or against, like, you know, this guy because he alluded to certain things but never went into any specifics. But 
you can see why the guy was angry about the way in which his characters was treated in the 2017 edition because here he has a whole chunk of movie that mm. literally got sucked into a vortex somewhere and then got disappeared forever in the 2017 edition. Here we give a monkeys about this guy. Mm. We know more about his backstory and know about why he's a moody, brooding man and how he comes into the forefront of the story because he has such core ties to the plot and some of the MacGuffins in there as well. I really quite enjoyed his appearance. Steppenwolf, definitely more of a threat. I wouldn't say he's a super well-rounded character, but he was a solid villain. And I also quite like Alfred. Um, Jeremy Irons and Alfred, mm. every time I get seen him, I'm just like, there's a solo Batman film where you would have had so much fun and we oh. were robbed. So that's <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Now there's the hashtag I that's the hashtag I want to get trending. Uh, re- release the Batflex solo film. That's too long a hashtag, but that <laughs> that kind of that energy. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, overall, I would say that's my sort of general thoughts about the characters. I think the casting was pretty solid, and everybody sort of did a good job. And also, shout out to Joe Morton, man, Miles Dyson, top man, top man. <laughs> Um, yeah Ross you're up next man (laughs) indeed well um, yeah I'll I'll second a lot of that Um, as I said before I think all the characters do even if it's just fleetingly they do have ample time to where like you feel like you know them in full in some capacity uh, the the main players anyway and it's um, you know Flash gets uh you know, few extra scenes um, with with his dad, um, which are nice, and um, and yeah, Cyborg just has a whole subplot that was just just axed completely from the theatrical version, and yeah, it's, it's sort of it, it. You know, you as you say, you understand better. You know what his powers are all about. You know how that can impact the plot and the in-universe tech as a whole. And it all kind of ties together quite nicely, and uh, and yeah, you know, it's um, yeah, I, I struggle to find much else to add. I think just yeah, the dynamic is the dynamics there. It feels a lot more organic than it did in the uh, in the theatrical version, which seemed to be mostly built on just sort of like again kind of the weed and equips that worked for Avengers but don't work for this universe and yeah um yeah I'm, I'm sort of losing my train of thought so yeah. something else <laughs> I mean I'll, I'll jump on from that I, I think I agree you know, no one is worse here than they were in Justice League everyone is improved except maybe I mean I mean I hope this isn't a spoiler at this point but Superman comes back in the movie. Uh, that that is something that happens. What? I, I know. Shocking. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm you ruined everything. I'm ruined. It. No <laughs> well, well, we were. Um, I think Superman maybe gets done a little bit dirty in this cut. He gets much less, but that's talk for later. Mm. I think other than him, every character who appears in both versions gets so much more to do here. And mixed though I was, kind of on the film in general. You know, Flash, Cyborg, Steppenwolf, they are miles ahead of what they were in that other version. I think some of the new characters maybe struggle a little bit and do feel a little bit rushed and underdeveloped, but the core crew, they, in this version, are so much 
more rounded as characters. They get so much more. It is it's a huge import, a huge improvement in terms of character. Pretty much agreed. I mean, I uh, there's not much I can add to to, the, to what you guys have already said, but what I will say is I think the character I kind of enjoyed uh, in this one compared to the Justice version is Aquaman. He hmm. I like the changes, or I like what they give him to work with, you know? Instead of giving him two, three extra action scenes, they kind of give him, just give him a couple more brain cells, right? <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he questions things, he, he makes alternate arguments and counters the things, and he, he says, doesn't... yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they still have that little surfer guy in them, and I, I, I love that too. But yeah, I think I enjoyed seeing Aquaman in a in a in a, in, in, in slightly more uh, serious way. Mm-hmm. Um, like you guys have said, Cyborg, Flash, they get such more meat to chew on. I think in this story, and again, they, they, their characters seem much more whole by the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think I really enjoy their powers are about it'll it'll works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, villain side, I would say Steppenwolf is a better Steppenwolf. Um, he's, he's definitely more daunting. I'm actually afraid of him, you know, as a viewer. You're kind of worried that he might actually hurt somebody, um, on the team. And, um, he just, aesthetically, he looks better. Um, he's, he's better to look at. And, uh, trying to think. Batman? Batman, I think what I did enjoy about Batman in this one is that, obviously, uh, on the part that you have seen the first, uh, version, he, um, he's less of a, uh, how do I put this? He's less of a chump. I think in this version. Yeah. I think in the <laughs> Justice League's version, he, he definitely comes across a little bit, uh, muted. Um, and I, 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 I don't take him very seriously in that version. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, they definitely work, um, a little bit more as a team, I think, in this one. I loved in the combo, the combos they, they come out with in, in, in some of the battles as well. Um, I mean, I know we had lots of Unite the Seven posters, but they had a couple, they had definitely had a few minutes where they did definitely Unite, and I think that was, that was a plus. Not necessarily seven of them, but that's another issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my the god, marketing was How could you? How could you? <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in the spoiler territory. Um, since Elon brought up the uh, action, I want to move into the uh, presentation side of things, which, um, was definitely one of the film's highlights, I guess. I would say, for me, visually, this film was pretty solid. I feel like, visually, firstly, the consistency between this and Snyder's other films was apparent straight away. With that hodgepodge version, there were certain things that just looked so unclean, very odd green screen, and some of the color, like, you know, changes just felt like they were done for the sake of, like, brightening up the color palette rather than having an actual purpose. Um, some of that was really garish and ugly in that 2017 edition, but here, you know, it's the typical S sort of dark blue grayish hue that like um snyder has in a lot of his films but again it felt like it had a purpose being there it looked good the visual effects for some of these sequences and characters um, especially steppenwolf like we said before he went from looking like a dodgy video game character with an actual like you know pretty solid you know very clean looking character and the amount of detail that they went into for you know skin and, uh, you know, his weird, meshy, like, shredder, like, looking animated suit was pretty mm. cool. And some of the action sequences was, quite frankly, breathtaking. 
I will say mm. there is some really great solid sequences of characters in the past and in the present doing some pretty kick-ass things, whether you're looking at, like, you know, projectile-based attacks or doing physical abilities, the depiction of super speed, flight, and when people get hit, there is some crunch and there is also... Um, Some blood, too, from time to time. Yeah, the violence which was inserted into this film over the original. There is a lot of people getting messed up in some pretty brutal ways, but considering who these characters are and the situation that they're in, it feels warranted. And again, mm-hmm. since this is like a different depiction of these characters beforehand, we're going a little, like, you know, I guess edgier, it was solid. And I would say... Besides certain issues I had with the look of certain characters and the depiction of certain abilities, I would say overall, pretty solid look. And I would say for the film score, since I'm a very big like you know guy that follows film music and all that kind of stuff, Junkie XL taking the reins of being the main composer of this um, from his work where he worked with uh, Mr. Hans Zimmer on Batman vs. Superman, I thought he did a solid job. Most of my enjoyment from his work was more so the fact that he borrowed the themes from Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman and inserted it here in a good way. And Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Well, technically, Wonder Woman's theme was from um, Batman vs. Superman. So I'm good point, this good point. <laughs> I'm just sort of tallying that one in. But, yeah, no, the use Makes of sense. Wonder Woman's theme was solid. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'd say my only issue with the theme is that, um, the uh, film score in general is that there was no original sort of uh, theme for the Justice League themselves to make me feel like, okay, this is their theme, this is their unified thing. I mean, there were a couple moments within the film where there were, like, you know, I guess some sort of uplifting, sort of empowering moments where I guess that was supposed to be that kind of feeling, but I'm I'm a sucker for a very specific theme song that when you hear that, this is that representation of that character or a group of people, whether you're talking about Superman, Batman, the Avengers, or Black Panther, they all have like a certain theme that when that kicks in, you're just like, oh, that's that. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing I feel like this film score was missing. But beyond that, presentation-wise, it was pretty solid for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... Yeah, all fair points. I think um, you're right aesthetically, uh, and, and just in terms of the look of it, it does line up pretty well and pretty consistently with uh, Man of Steel and BVS. If you're considering those two and this a trilogy, which a lot of people are, um, which um, and you know, like, yeah, if, if you vibe with that, if, if that works for you, you know, cool. Personally, I do find Snyder's style a little kind of gloomy and overwrought sometimes. It's not always for me. And I think, yeah, stuff like sort of the slow-mo and so on can be very excessive. But it is, you know, it, it undeniably it does line up very well with uh, the previous two films. And, and yeah, it's, um, I think all the action, again, whilst occasionally plagued, by excessive slow-mo and CGI that's mostly very good, but does that is is a little inconsistent in parts. Um, it does feel like it has a grander scale than the 2017 version did. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Like like the you know the battle on uh, Themyscira um, with uh, Steppenwolf and the Amazons. It's like oh this fight actually feels like it has some weight behind it as opposed oh, yeah. to just 
here's some exposition battle, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, like... It means so much more. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know, it's sort of... (laughs) it, It kind of you know, laid some groundwork for the story, and and it was, kind of ties into the filmmaking rule, show, don't tell. It's like, yeah, let's actually see the battle. Thank yeah. you. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, um, you raised an interesting point, point about the score, though, Kurt. Um, it didn't actually occur to me that, you know, the League don't get their own theme once they're formed, but that's, that's a very, that's a very good point, and, and it's like, I hate to, you know, I hate to take the coward's way out and compare it to the Avengers. But if you if you think of that iconic shot in the Avengers or Avengers Assemble, if you prefer, from two thousand twelve when you know, when when Hulk punches out the the ship and you have that iconic spinning shot and you hear do 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 that that theme for the Avengers as they've you know assembled which ultimately became synonymous with the MCU going forward. And it's like, yeah, we just didn't we didn't quite get that moment with with the league in the same way. So it's like I feel like something like that, you know, maybe at the end when they're all kind of lined up looking at, you know, the the batwing coming down, some kind of very distinct, you know, theme sort of swelling up there could have added a lot more weight to that sequence. But definitely, definitely, it felt it felt a little bit uh, empty in that moment. Mm-hmm, I have to, just mm-hmm. have to say, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I sorry, Felix. No, up. no. I, I mean, look. If if pace is Snyder's weakness, visuals are very much his strength. You Absolutely. Know, like, are, are, are the mm. colors still very desaturated? Yes, but you know the general look of the film is really nice. And some of the fights do carry a real weight. I you know, I totally agree with what you said, Kurt. The superpowers themselves look really good. Like, they all have a unique feeling. Whenever someone's really cracking out their power, you feel it. Like, he does a really good job of conveying strength, of conveying speed. Every time those things come like come into play... We've got to see how Flash speed. actually visualises the speed force yeah. as he's powering through it, so, which was great. <laughs> All of it is fantastic. I will say on the score, I again, it's one of those areas where I feel even you know, a little weaker on it. I, I think it's a pretty weak score. You know, I think the best bits of the score are when it goes back to Zimmer's themes. Other than that, I don't think there are very many you know unique songs or unique sounds like where was Steppenwolf's been? I felt mm. like he didn't, as the mm. villain of the film, didn't mm. have any sort of, oh, here he is, here's his great villain theme. There was nothing. It was very much Zimmer's stuff was good, and then everything else was a very filler, very generic superhero theme. Yeah, I'll even say out. this. Um, one thing that I do miss from uh, the 2017 version, uh, when you know Commissioner Gordon summons you know, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Flash on the rooftop. In the theatrical version, the Justice League, we get a little sting of uh, the Danny Elfman Batman theme from from the Tim Burton films. You get like the that little do 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 do. You sort of hear oh, that nice. as as you're looking at Batfleck on the gargoyle from underneath. It's like that's really sweet. As a big Batman fan, that's I, I sort of got a little bit of a buzz out of that, and it's like. You could argue that that's shameless fan service, but it's but like let's be honest, if we if we're doing 
a comic book movie that's three hours or four hours. <laughs> to a great extent, the whole thing is shameless fan service, so you might as well <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. It's like you can't look at something like Avengers Endgame, again, hate to just compare to the MCU constantly, but it's like you can't look at that movie and say, like, oh no, there's no fan service there. But it's like <laughs> that like that movie is pure fan service, but it felt earned. Yeah. It, it felt it felt earned. And I think for the most part this does too, but I think yeah, just little things at as as you said with the score, you know, give the league their own theme, give Steppenwolf his own theme, throw in those little bits and pieces like the the sting of Elfman's Batman theme. Hell, bring in a sting of John Williams' Superman theme when Soup shows up for the climax. Why not? Um, just little bits like that would have been quite nice. And by no coincidence, the bits of the score that I got most of a kick out of was Wonder Woman, because it's a very distinct theme that, as you pointed out, Kurt was established in BVS and then sort of used, you know, to great, to I would argue even greater success in her solo movie. Just yeah, like yeah. That really powerful electric violin that is instantly synonymous with her. You know, create a similar thing for Steppenwolf, for the League, for, for Batman, for Superman, hell, for Flash and Cyborg too, you know? It really does help to add to their their their. Well, their presentation, their personality, their vibe, you know, the whole uh, feeling of them. Because, yeah, whenever her theme song came on in the previous films, you sat up and you paid attention. You're like, oh, shit. Like, okay, she's about to jump in, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Felix, did you want to finish your point on presentation? Oh, no, I, I already... Are you? I'm oh, okay. Wrap mine up. Oh God! Oh no! It's been so bad. <laughs> oh God! Oh, oh Jesus! Say something. <laughs> um, it's all good. I mean, I think overall, presentation <laughs> is probably my favorite thing about this entire project. Um, you know, I I will definitely criticize Snyder for his story and um and and his the way he handles characters and pacing and and like you guys said, music and everything. Um, but I think presentation was my favorite part, just because I'm such a visual yeah. uh, sucker. I think for 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 anything different and anything sort of flary, you know. Um, even if even if it's not really, I guess, a popular thing. Um, and I think the presentation in this movie, I think what what really brings it over the board is tone. And I think that's what was a problem with the Justice Speed version. The tone was just constantly fighting at each other, right? The, the dialogue was, was fighting with the characters, um, uh, 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 sort of style and their motivation. Um, all the extra color with the weird plants and stuff that was kind of fighting with the idea of, you know, um, the world being, being a place that can be quite dark that you have to fight for and find a light from the darkness, you know, mm -hmm. but just as, version was just kind of like well i mean shit that's it will grow out of radiation we'll take that you know um and i think i mean i know there's a lot of grays and browns and stuff and silvers in this but i mean there were some scenes that really pop i mean that scene um again this is not a spoiler scene um especially if you've seen the first version but the scene where flash helps to rejuvenate everything in the ship i mean he really pops in that scene especially with all the close-ups the red of his suit and everything looks mm. a lot more mm. metallic than matted compared to how it looked in his 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 little cave it, it, it's it's very deep it's sort of almost like a like a shiny blood red almost isn't it mm. yeah mm. yeah sure um, and, and I really enjoyed those moments. There were a few moments like that, not all of them, but there were a few moments like that. And I think 
on the presentation side, I just really enjoyed the operatic look of everything and the godliness and the over the top of everything. I'm like, yo, if you're going to go over the top, go over the top, you know, do everything over the top, like really kind of sell your, your vision. I mean, obviously there's moments where you're like, all right, you could have, you could have pulled back there a little bit, you know, there's definitely those moments, but I think Snyder really treats this world and these characters and a story like a huge epic mythology taking place in a way back when, and we're only hearing about it now. I feel mm-hmm. like that's how it, that's how it kind of takes place. Um, so yeah, and I, I really liked the the way he showed all their powers and everything. There was there was weight to everything, you know. Superman's punches and his lasers. I think I mentioned while we were watching it that his lasers almost looks like light lava coming out of his eyes when when those things are going. They're not red little beams, you know. We're not watching. Um, uh, Smallville. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah, I mean, I guess for now, we're going to go back and wrap up our thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's just gentlemen here. What am I talking about? I've been doing this for too long, like, literally talking like there's, like, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen here. Anyway. <laughs> All right. In conclusion, I would say for me personally, Justice League, the Snyder Cut, is definitely a step above the original in pretty much every way. Again, it's a more solid film that feels like it's fitted together better. The characters give, are given more to do. The action sequences are really solid. And, yeah, man, I had a good time with it. Now, granted, your enjoyment of this film will definitely depend on what kind of fan you are of not only DC properties, but also, like, Snyder as well. And if you didn't enjoy the the Whedon version, you might have a good time with this version. However, if you're not a fan of Snyder's work, you might not enjoy this, especially since in the grand scheme of things, this film is still essentially the same experience, but just, you know, reworked and rejigged to be, you know, a more clear vision-based bit of work. So, yeah, that's how I'd feel about this. Uh, gentlemen... <laughs> um i would say personally to wrap up for myself what you get in here what are you getting you're getting more story like you said it is the same uh template but you're getting more story it's a wider thing more story more character more powers and just more 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 visuals as well so yeah i think if you like what you saw in the 2017 version and you just want that little bit of extra oomph you're gonna get that here but be prepared to uh take toilet breaks mm-hmm. true true yeah i mean it's uh as the uh as the conclusion of a trilogy if you if you choose to view it as such um i think it does work for the most part um like i said Aesthetically and tonally, it lines up quite nicely with the previous two installments. It's sort of on about the same level, but has a, it's a little more, has its own flavor, has its own feel. It's sort of a bit more hopeful and optimistic than, than, you know, the, the grimness of BVS. Definitely. Um, which, um, which, which, you know, I think, I think works since this is sort of about uniting it and rising to a challenge and whatever. Um, yeah, like I said, I do still have my issues with it, which we'll get into in a minute when we enter spoiler territory, the nitty-gritty of it. But uh, And, yeah, a case could be made for it working better as a mini-series. There are some pacing issues. But overall, yeah, it is undeniably an improvement on, you know, the Justice League and, 
Yeah, it ain't I'm perfect, s- but it's for the most part pretty cohesive. So yeah, I'm still getting used to saying that justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think my wrap up is sort of very similar to everyone else. You know, this version it does fix several of the issues that were in the original. But for me, with every fix comes a different bit of confusion or weirdness, you know. <laughs> Never has a film been so genuinely made for the fans. You know, <laughs> yeah, if, 100%. If, if you like Snyder, you'll like this, no question. But I think if you just want a good movie, if you're not super invested in this world, you just want something to watch tonight, I don't think this will do it for you at all. I think you've mm-hmm. got to be going into this with a real care for this world. Otherwise... Or in my I, case, I just a real care to watch, like, every Batman and DC property ever made, <laughs> regardless of how much I like <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Take my your... money. Give it yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, if you just really want to throw your money at these characters, yeah. go for it. Um, I think other than that, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Alright, alright. Quality stuff. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for the spoiler-free section of this review. Thank you for listening. If you do not wish to listen further, you can go away. However, should you feel the need to stay and get a little filthy with it, we're going to be jumping into spoiler territory. And yes, I heard what I said. I do not regret it. Did it just get hot in here? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ross is undressing. Oh, my God, no. No, put the clothes back on. Oh, man. Oh, there we go. (laughs) But, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, from now on, we are literally diving deep into the spoiler territory pool. We're going to be diving into that ocean, and we will not be coming back up for air. So, you have been warned. Right. right. We're going to down there with uh, Jason Momoa and the other Atlanteans. Yeah, hopefully we don't get killed. Um, all right. Hopefully uh, it's Willem to friend and not Willem to foe waiting for us. Down there. Hey, got him again. He's there. You know, when you said that during the film, I was like, what is he talking? And it took me a second. <laughs> all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are in spoiler territory now, and we are going to discuss pretty much all and anything that really tickles our fancy but obviously we can't do too much because the fact of the matter is there is a lot of spoiler based material that we can talk about and honestly if we were really allowed to keep going we'd probably be talking till the sun comes up the day after but we don't have that kind of time this so, podcast would be the length of the movie yeah <laughs> possibly more so really but um Lord. <laughs> yeah i would say the first point of discussion really would be the uh the epilogue which is the nightmare sequence i believe Yes. Which is the one that got a lot of people talking online. I think... The bit I was most looking forward to. Yeah. As a Batman fanboy. So essentially, if you watch Batman vs Superman now, obviously, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you have, then you would be aware of this world that Batman inhabited, where he had that random little dream where in this world everything sort of went to crap and he pretty much almost got lasered by, like... Uh, Superman before he woke up, but then he was in Inception because he was in another dream. And in this film, I would say this sequence gave me a lot of, you know, things that I like in terms of Elseworld material. And I was really liking this sort of dystopian future, the color scheme, the sort of weird um, group of people that Batman surrounded himself with. And you get a sense that everything's sort of gone to crap. And there is 
not even a glimmer of hope, but like, you know, these guys are literally just struggling for survival. And I was really having a good time with it up until it ended. And I find out Batman's dreaming again. And I'm just like, what the shining shag is this? I am not impressed. I wish it was one of those sort of things where you could leave this as a, the end stinger of the film. And this is like, you know, just a potential future. But the fact that Batman woke up from that dream literally took me completely out of that scene and I was immensely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I assume <laughs> this is, you know, this is like obviously foreshadowing for a future that isn't real. And um, obviously, if you took away the dream element of it, then, you know, some people may be confused that, oh, these guys saved the world. So why is the world sort of in like a, a crap state later on down the line? However, if you are going to allude to a situation like that, I feel like you're going to need a better excuse than Batman's having a dream because those are very, very specific dreams for someone to be having for situations and scenarios that have no bearing in the realm of reality. Uh, You know, he's seeing things that shouldn't technically exist. And unless there's some sort of invisible magic that's planting these kind of thoughts in his head, sort of like how Wanda ended up, you know, creating visions for the Avengers heads in like Age of Ultron, then there's no reason why Batman should be dreaming this kind of stuff. It is pretty much that sort of self-indulgent fan-based material that it looks good, but the purpose of it is eluding me greatly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's weird because, like, he talks about it in uh, in this. He talks about it like a premonition, right? As if it could happen. It might have happened in a future version of our world. Um, But it's odd because he keeps waking up from it, you know. And and even in BVS, he woke up from it, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just like, is it a premonition? Is is it a is it a them coming back to the future, but it's weird because we see them in the same costumes and everything. But I have to admit, like I said, with the whole presentation and Snyder stuff, I kind of dug it. I dug the whole uh, nightmare sequences. Again, I'm such a sucker for Elseworld stuff and and for anything that breaks the uh, <laughs> the status quo when it comes to superhero stories. I'm like, yeah, just give me any weird any weird twisted versions of that of them that you have. So. Mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed seeing, you know, Batman in the in the what do they call? Is it a duster? A duster coat? Yeah. Uh, trench coat. Um, trench coat. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, lovely. I really enjoyed seeing him in that, and um, and and seeing all the other characters in their, you know, in their versions. But and I I can believe it too. I think I could put my 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 disbelief aside for a minute because it's like, all right, you stopped Steppenwolf, but Darkseid did just say like, yo, I'm on my way. Like, we're going to do this old school way. And I could believe that he could turn up, you know, a few years later and just take them out. And especially as we saw with Clark, how he lost Lois, right? You know, he's literally mm-hmm. holding her degrading bones in his hand. He could definitely snap. I mean, look how he, he, he wasn't stable even when he was brought back to life. So who's, mm-hmm. to say, who's to say he was stable even from that moment going forward? <laughs> so it probably was easy for Darkseid to just kind of break his psyche a little bit. Not a little bit, sorry, a lot, and 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 have him think. Do you know what? Just no. It's it's like um, it's like Superman even says in Man of Steel, like Krypton had its chance, and humanity kind of had its chance. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Sorry, uh, guys, I'm coming out with the big guns. I'm coming out with the. No, big I, guns. I like it. I mean, I. I... God, I sort of agree because to me, the nightmare stuff it plays out like bad fan fiction. Like mm-hmm. it's. Oh, I could see it that. Just. It has no business being mm. in this film because it doesn't mm-hmm. connect to anything whatsoever. It's just 
this weird little thing that Zack Snyder is like, ooh, but I like these characters, I want to do something with them. But what's so annoying <laughs> to me is that, in a weird yeah. way, I would rather just see that film. Like, if I... that's what Zack wants to do, if he wants to do this weird future thing where he can just kill off the characters he doesn't like and bring in his weird band of groups of Batman, Joker, Deathstroke, Mera, like, if that's the film Snyder wants to do, let him do that weird ape shit nightmare thing. Because at the <laughs> moment, I find it's so out of place in this it, movie. Yeah, it just, it just seems shoehorned in. It's, yeah. it's, it's a tease for something that may or may not actually manifest in the future project. It's mm. so genuinely and, irritating in a film that's already this long to have this elongated sequence that is it's a dream. For the sake of what we see, it's just a big dream. And that almost feels like the start of a new movie towards the end of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce sorry. off. No, 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 go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to reiterate something I'd already said. Go ahead. Fair enough, fair enough, okay. Well, I'll bounce off what you said, Felix. Like, yeah, I, well, like you, Elon, I do dig a lot of the Elseworlds stuff, you know. I think I'm, I'm open to stories that have, you know, a kind of a really, like, messed up, weird timeline. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, to- like Thomas Wayne, Batman in Flashpoint. Love that. Um, and, you know, other sort of, you know, other weird things where it's like Superman Red Sun, where Kal-El's ship landed in Soviet Russia. That's weird and great. And love and Justice yeah, Riders, where like, where, like, the Justice League are just bounty hunters in the Old West. Like, that, that's all Wait, awesome. what? And, I've never heard of that. That sounds great. Yeah, that's a real comic that exists. Look it up. Give um, me but... Zack Snyder's Justice Riders. Hashtag <laughs> the Rider Re- Stop that. giving him power. Stop Re- it. Restore the Rider <laughs> first. No. Um, no, more, no more. No more hashtags. It's over. But no, we... Um, but no, like you, Felix, in many ways, I would rather just see these weird Elseworlds projects. And like I said, like I, and that's not to say that I disliked this film, as it is, you know, it, like I said, I, while I have issues, I like it more than I dislike, and I think it works fairly cohesively for the most part, but <laughs> tacking on the nightmare stuff, ju- it just seems very misguided, and and like I said, while it looks great, and I love the idea of this sort of like, morally bankrupt Mad Max esque mm-hmm. future timeline for, for the DC characters, it's like yeah, and in many ways, I sort of, like I said, I, 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 as I alluded to before, I, you know, I'm not totally convinced that Snyder's take on these DC characters is for me. Like, like I think his take on Batman veers more towards morally grey Elseworlds territory in BVS. Anyway, he's fairly morally upstanding in this one for the most part. But it's, but yeah, like if he's sort of heading down that direction, anyway, it. And part of what I love about the DC movie universe as it, in its current state is while it's less consistently good than the MCU, each project feels very distinct. It feels like its own thing. Yeah. And so, like, this film can exist in the same franchise as, like, Shazam and Birds of Prey, and that's great. Oh. <laughs> Stop reminding me of better movies, you monster. How dare you? (laughs) So it's like, yeah, why not just go just go nuts and just do just do a sort of do a flashpoint movie, do a you know, do a nightmare injustice movie Mm -hmm. and and just sort of have these, you know, 
just these very distinct projects that may or may not connect and kind of have vague connections within universe, but are largely just their own thing. And yeah, um, it was it was nice to see Leto Joker again. I guess. Um, Don't he, you dare say that. You take that back. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it, he at least looked better in this he than did, he did in the Suicide Squad, and. Um, I wish I wish he changed the laugh, um, but um, well, he didn't say I we live in a say. society. That, that is, that is, <laughs> yeah, the that film is. was ruined. Up <laughs> until that point, I, I was like ten out of ten, and then he didn't say it. It had to plunge. He, he, he did not live in a society. And, I and don't. I don't know why, but um, again, it's it's. I have such a love hate thing with a lot of stuff he does in this film again even even with the nightmare sequence as well because in some moments i'm liking what the joker's doing and in other moments i'm absolutely loathing it mm. so i don't even know how i feel about joker like it's yeah it's a toss-up it's a toss-up yeah. but i did enjoy seeing him and batman have a conversation um not sure i like the reach around line but uh yeah it was it was kind of dope to see them all chat I guess for a bit. And I, fe- I feel like that's something that Joker would say in a more kind of edgy take on it. You know, there, sure, there, there, sure. There's, there, I mean, there's definitely been there's whole video essays on the on the sort of homoerotic subtext to the Batman and Joker relationship. Yeah, I've seen and, a couple of those. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? If if you're leaning into just this, you know. If this bonkers R-rated territory, it's like, yeah, Joker probably would. Would say that, yeah. Make a joke, I mean, make a joke like that. Something that he finds hilarious that makes Batman violently uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to have Batman dropping F-bombs, you might as well have Joker making some elusive. Yeah. <laughs> Let yeah, them both get their dirty lines in. <laughs> um, I wanted to touch, on, touch upon something that uh, about that Joker performance, because, like, like you guys said, I'd say it's, a, it's an improvement over that Suicide Squad thing, which was there's some people that actually like that. And, um, you know, I wish them to seek help as quickly as possible. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I would say this depiction was better. His dialogue was better. The laugh was awful. But but yeah, no. Um, I think the one thing is, it was Leto's voice. His voice for this Joker, for some reason, his performance reminded me of Jim Carrey in the nineties. I was getting sort of like you know subtle Ace Ventura vibe from him, and I was just like, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like, I, that, I feel like yeah. that was tenfold in Suicide Squad, though. If he toned it down a bit here, like in in. I just think of in Suicide Squad when he's like this handsome hunker hunker. <laughs> oh please that, that don't! Took me that right back to uh, the mask actually. That hunker hunker line took me back to the mask. You guys remember the mask, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my so god! I feel like he would he would say something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's just um, I think just the way his vocal inflictions, he reminded me a lot of certain things that Kerry would say mm-hmm. during that sort of golden era, like nineties period, where you know he was like you know everywhere. Um, but yeah, I think their conversation was interesting, and I like some of the exchanges in terms of like um, you know, Mira's all just like, oh yeah, he doesn't know what it's like to live with a loved one. He's just like, oh no, you know, he's lost family, like you know, lost mm-hmm. an adopted son. And I'm just like. Mate, Joker, you you need to stop talking, man. Like, you know, you're asking to get your face like smashed in. Um, I'm not gonna lie. While I liked all the sort of allusions to wider stuff, it's it's like 
it did seem overly exposition dumpy in many ways. It's just like, oh, by the way, Robin's dead. Harley Quinn's dead. Yeah. Um, she made me promise to kill you. And it's it's like, well, okay, would have been nice to see those movies. Yeah. <laughs> or at least, no, at least show us the scene. Like, before they arrived there, like, maybe Harley Quinn could have died, you know, in a scene before they arrived in that moment, right? Mm. Um, or just, you know, a, make a Nightmare Injustice movie. Or just, yeah. <laughs> that. I will say, the bit of it I did quite like, and again, it's such a shame they couldn't shoot it together, because like, you're so aware that these two people are not shooting in the same room, because yeah, they're the, never, two and it's a real pity, because there yeah. is, I will say, while I think it's a bit edgy for him to be like, I, wait, can we swear here? Yeah. Oh, We're in good, the spoiler okay. section. Oh, spoiler good. section that allows it. Yeah, because obviously it was a bit full of time of like, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> make, make no mistake. Well, it, well, it did feel a bit cringy. I did like that little moment oh. afterwards where Hello. there was a silence where the Joker was just staring into his eyes and then after a while sort of went, ooh, you almost had me. Yeah, Again, yeah. Like that moment worked, it's annoying because it's one of those moments where Snyder sort of undercuts himself where if Batfleck hadn't been killing that would have been such a great moment where you would see for a second the Joker going, actually, is will, will he actually kill me? Has he actually gone far enough? Yeah. I like was a great little that. Batman Joker moment. I quite like that. A mm, bit undercut yeah. now with, like, no, Ben Affleck has killed many people in this role, so yeah, he's no one's killing this guy. Yeah. My, my... <laughs> oh, well, you even I, seen him shake a little bit. Like, we yeah. see the Joker shake a little bit. He's like, oh, shit. Like, he could... Yeah. Would he... I quite mm. like that. Yeah, that little moment of fear before he's like, yeah. no, he's just fucking with me. But you're right, there's that split second where he's like, is he being serious? I thought that that is just a little isolated moment. It was a great mm-hmm. little Batman Joker moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, That's a fair one. It's the Are kind we of like, you know, back and forth that you like. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, think, No, 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 no worries at all. <laughs> um, I think the main, so... Since uh, the nightmare sequence ends with Bruce waking up from a dream, um, I suppose we should talk about who he meets after he wakes up from his dream for the other main spoiler point. Ah, uh, the big one, the big one. Yeah, you the hu- huge guy. crossover. <laughs> Let, let's all say it together. One, two, three. Bugs Bunny. Oh, <laughs> that, that didn't work at all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right, we are talking about Martian Manhunter. Like, you know, let's let's stop kidding here. Um, so Jones. It was interesting because I had a feeling that he would uh, make an appearance before you know um, the promotional material started coming out because I know the actor's name is it Henry Lennox? Is that how you say his name? Um, very much close. Yeah. Uh, when he showed up in Man of Steel, I remember that there were conversations from way back then. I think in between the time between that and BVS came out, that there were allusions to him potentially being the character. He was like, "Oh yeah, I would like to be that person," and there are hints to that, but you know, nothing set in stone yet. But then, obviously, once this film came around, he eventually got the dream of like you know, I guess being the character that he wanted all these years later down the line, which I was happy for him. And the design of Martian Manhunter isn't too bad. I've always been more of a fan of his uh, more Justice League animated series look, though the um, sort of elongated head look, my favorite versions of that, I would say, probably would be, at least in terms of adaptation, will probably be for, um, (coughs) say, Young Justice and um, the Supergirl series, surprisingly enough. They actually handled his look pretty well, considering the budget that they had for that. I feel like some of his design, especially in terms of his skin, 
felt a little overly done. It's sort of like what they did with the scrolls in um, the. Uh, it was very scroll esque, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, in the yeah. films where it's yeah. just like those guys had all these extra uh, embossed designs on their skin and stuff. You're just like, no, unnecessary. Mm. You don't need that. But it's like uh, they saw it and they thought, how can we differentiate green alien man? Hmm. True. And uh, in terms of his contribution, he uh, he sure was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a good actor. I'll give him that. Oh, dude. Oh, I do love Bruce at the end just meeting this guy and not giving a single shit to like an actual alien flies down to meet you and he's just I like, know. yeah, who are you? This alien goes, can I join your club? And he goes, yeah, I don't care. Welcome yeah, in. It's just like cool. I'll see you around, I guess. Also, yeah, the balls in his head. They confirm. Oh yeah, my name is Martian Manhunter. And Bruce's like, ah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. I was supposed to be like, wait, Manhunter? Yo, hold on a minute here. Whoa, whoa, you want to backtrack? They should raise some red flags. Yeah, uh, wait a minute. What's your deal? No, I'm sorry. I meant uh, Martian God Hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mar- like, Martian friendly cuddly yeah. man. Yes. Martian friend man. You can trust me. Martian de friend. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy his his inclusion. I felt like when we saw him reveal himself when he was pretending to be Martha. Um, Why did you say that? Like he was oh. gonna be, <laughs> I felt like he was gonna be way more involved with yeah. the film after that scene, but it was just like no, bye. Yeah, he literally got as well. Yeah, two glorified cameos, and that's about it, really. Especially how much they spoke him up, right? Like before the movie came out, it was like you kept hinting at this stuff. I didn't think you were just gonna, you know, give him a couple of uh, uh, scenes, but I didn't. Sorry. Sorry, no, you finish first, right? But I do have a point drawing on that. But you go ahead. (laughs) That's cool. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna finish up with saying I, I didn't hate his design. Um, I thought the CGI was fine, but then not fine. But I did like that moment with him and Batman at the end. You could see the sun and the light rays actually coming. I don't know if you guys, I'm such a nerd. But you can yeah. see the sun rays coming through his earlobes. Like, his yeah, flesh I can see kind of reacts to the light and yeah. stuff, which is cool. Um, so there's, there's obviously uh, effort there, but um, they probably needed a few months, a few extra months to polish yeah. that. But, um, but now, drawing on that, though... Um, yeah, it's all fair points, but I think it's, um, yeah, it's like you were saying, they did sort of, they really, like, hyped him up in the build-up to me, like, oh, yeah, Martian Manhunter's in this, and and it's like, yeah, he's he's there, um, but I think similar thing happened with the Nightmare sequence, and that's sort of why I felt a bit underwhelmed in some ways um, when it actually dropped, because it's like that, you know, the Nightmare sequence and and the Martian Manhunter, and like that one, that one shot of the of the Lantern um, Warrior, were just those were the things that were like all over you know Twitter and the trailers and other platforms, and it and it's like if they hadn't sort of pushed those so much, I mean I get that the whole point of the sort of marketing behind the Snyder Cut is like look at how different it is yeah. from. Justice League, which fine, fair enough, but if if you're gonna sort of hype these up as big things and just have them be fleeting teasers of something bigger, it just seems like a waste somehow. Yeah, like yeah. essentially, what you've shown yeah. us on the internet is what we get in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 
that's always so cruel when you get like you know trailers and especially when you got interviews with like the cast and crew and like sometimes the directors will produce them they are very specifically saying people are saying oh yeah is this going to be in the film it's like yes it's going to be in the film but they never tell you to what capacity it'll be in the film <laughs> or sometimes they'll hype it up to the degree where you're thinking oh man i'm going to get some juicy amount of this person or this scene or this kind of action and you watch it and just like yo y'all liars you <laughs> tricked me yeah dude they did my monkey boy bad as well like i wanted to see that little monkey lantern do some shit and he just kind of got his hand chopped off after like a couple of moves and look he didn't even ma- make any shapes or nothing like i was like you just had a big like my boy he did a green beam and then i think the parody that just like knocked him over to the ground and you're like oh come on dark side just chopped his hand off although i did really like the fact that the ring came up and Darkseid actually tried to reach for it. That was such a great little <laughs> That was cool, that was cool. Mm. I it that. was cool, but yeah. Like, I, I think come to on. a great extent it is sort of like you say though, a lot of kind of cool little moments mm. that it's just like, okay, like come on. <laughs> yeah, they're over too fast. They're over too fast. Yeah, you know what, um, I want to speak on the visuals a little bit more because now we can talk about some specific stuff. And yeah. I'm just going to shoot through like, you know, a couple bullet points for myself and then you can just choose to, you know, jump off of any of those. So firstly, one of the things I quite appreciated was the depiction of Flash's speed, which we alluded to in the spoiler free mm-hmm. section. Now, Flash is a very important character because the depiction of super speed in live action has varying degrees of like you know success whether we're talking about film and tv and obviously we've had like some other speedsters in like other films so obviously you had um quicksilver and uh data future past and apocalypse which he had his main scenes which were mainly depicted more so in slow motion than him moving at super fast speed with the avengers edition of quicksilver he was he was fast, but he sort of looked more like he was jogging than anything else. Mm. Um, he, his speed was never depicted as like, you know, that quick for me personally. And then even though he's technically not a humanoid person, well, not a human, he's humanoid S with, with Sonic the Hedgehog with his film, seeing how fast he ran, I've always been a fan of seeing someone that can run with a very good-looking run cycle at very quick speeds, and I feel like they handled that pretty well. But obviously, he's an anthropomorphic hedgehog, so, you know, I guess you could technically take him out of the conversation. But with Flash, with um, the CW show, I feel like they did a pretty decent job for the most part of depicting his speed at, like, you know, super fast motions. One of my favorite go-to versions of, like, Flash when he's running would probably be either the Justice League series or Young Justice because they could depict his speed pretty well. With this live-action edition, I feel the best things that they did for him was we've not ever seen Flash moving at quick speeds or what it looks like to an outsider. That blurry sequence where he was saving those people from the falling debris and you literally got this crazy sort of lightning cloud of weird silhouettes of him just dotting all over the place fantastic mm-hmm. beautiful <clears throat> wonderfully crafted and again a beautiful execution of speed but also Absolutely. the uh, sequence where where he gets his big moment to shine towards the end of the film where basically everything goes to crap and he runs so fast that he basically reverses time seeing what the speed force looks like in his mind how he when he moves super quick there's this crazy sort of cosmic 
domain that he exists in, which is different to the CW stuff, but feels so much more grander in scale. It's almost like he's running in space with some of those sort of uh, crazy colors and, you know, light sources. It's almost like a Doctor Strange light sort of sequence during that crazy montage that he was having towards the early side of that sequence. But yeah, man, I really appreciate the uh depiction of his speed in this it looked really cool his run cycle still looked very questionable to me and i know there's some people that have you know given reason as to why he runs like that but i'm sorry like um him flailing his arms around like that on a few of occasions like some of that just looked dodge and the other thing i would mention is the action scenes and violence like i said before they have uh, you know, a nice crunch to them. But there's a certain level of impact that's implemented in this film. So when people like uh, Superman, Steppenwolf, or Wonder Woman are hitting people, there's almost like a sort of small shockwave that happens with some of those hits. So it almost feels like you're playing... Um, I guess my best example would probably be like uh, Dragon Ball. When you see people get punched mm. and that sort of thing, there's certain shockwaves that come off of that, and the way in which they were able to implement that in this film, you felt the impact, not only in the sound, but also in the visual design. So it's not so much just a punch. There's a shockwave mm. to that punch as well. And the violence in this film, even though I knew what the rating was, I... I wouldn't say I wasn't prepared, but at the same time, it was a few kind of shocking moments where there's a lot of dismemberment going on in this film. A lot of extra for sure, blood, for yeah. sure. not only uh, on land, but also <clears> on the water. And it does lead to a far satisfying defeat for Steppenwolf, I will say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the one other segment, when Flash is reversing time, the fact that you see the skeletal flesh rejuvenating Ooh. all up in there, I was mm-hmm. like, yo, they would not have been pulling that off you know like what though that that's that's one thing i will say well yeah the r rating is you know it's fine and but i think some of the violence does it feels a little bit try hard at points but i think when you use you know the the increased age rating and the kind of gore factor to lean into that kind of thing where, where it helps to visualize flash's powers it's like that's where you're sort of using it to its full potential and so, and sort of like you're using your property and you're using your characters in a way that justifies the rating and, and the tone you're going for. Cause it's like, yeah, as you say, when flash is running past Superman and you see like the bone and the tissue and the blood sort of forming, you know, forming into his arm. It's mm. like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really gross, but really cool visual. And, and, and it's like, yeah, leaning into that kind of thing, I think is where the R rating works. Where yeah. it doesn't is when you know the characters randomly say fuck for no reason and and, <laughs> and Joker alludes to giving Batman a reach around. But there we go. Um. <laughs> I think it, I, I mean I think it speaks to I love how it's the the <clears throat> them as being assembled on an atom level back together again. I think that yeah it just speaks to the like Curtis was saying the powers right of Flash and just seeing what the speed force would look like if you were really there witnessing very cosmic it. nature of it yeah exactly exactly I, I really dug it I really dug it I mean I did have one issue the first time I watched it, but then the second time I thought, okay, maybe it's not so bad because I tried to like lie to myself. But the moment when yeah. the the parademon the parademon was like trying to calculate or trying to figure out how to shoot Flash, and then he finally did kind of shoot him, or he and to me it looked like he hit the floor in front of him, 
mm, got injured yeah. by the ex- by the by the impact, and he lost his trajectory and whatever. Because uh, I heard a lot of people online were like, "Oh, it's so dumb that the one parody even shot him once, and he actually got Flash." I'm like, "Are you forgetting this is like alien technology? It's an alien creature." Uh, he's been watching the thing go around for a while, and he didn't really hit Flash. He hit like right in front of him, which would throw anybody off, right? You know, running at that speed. It was a bit. I think the first time I watched it, like I said, I felt it was a little bit much. But uh, I didn't mind it the second time round. Did you guys feel like there was any sort of like, um, l- you know, plot holes? Not plot holes, but action holes, I guess, in, in, yeah. in how people's powers uh, were I, I, portrayed. I think it is, it's interesting. I think it's something that Snyder has. He's done in his previous films as well, where the powers can feel. I mean, they look gorgeous. Like I love mm. seeing Flash move at sort of a normal speed during that Iris scene. Fantastic. Oh. But I think something he struggles with is almost giving them too much power to the point mm-hmm. where it feels game breaking. Yeah, so, and to where they like, like that they all feel like gods, which yeah. which to an extent is sort of mm-hmm. you could argue yeah. is sort of the point of DC. But it's also mm-hmm. like if they're so overpowered, where's the threat? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. the issue. Especially that. when Superman comes back, and it is like. He just beats Steppenwolf, and there is no issue yeah. whatsoever. He in, doesn't in, in like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, he just. What did he say to him? Like, I'm not I'm impressed. Or yeah, I'm not impressed, and then just beats the shit out of him. You're like, oh, oh, so we, like, we don't even need a Justice League. We just need Superman. And again, like as cool as Flash's powers look, there was an element of like, oh my god, you are too strong for this world. You are making everybody else, like, what use is Batman when we've it, got it, this it, guy who can just yeah. stop time at a whim? It, do, it, does, almost hark, it does almost harken back to um, to Quicksilver in the Fox yeah. X-Men universe. It has where, that same issue. It has that same vibe where it's just like, Jesus Christ, he is by far the most powerful character in this series mm. and they're just gonna sort of, you know, push him to the back of the movie because it's like they knew if they keep him around for too long, people would start going, okay, but he could have easily solved that thing. <laughs> yeah. If they yeah. keep him around too long, they won't have a budget for the rest of the movie. Yeah, there yeah. is that. There is that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those sort of things that you have to balance for like story purposes, but also budgetary issues as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially watching this film now, I mean, it was apparent with the 2017 edition, but the fact that, you know, the Justice League, they are pretty competent. They all have their abilities, but, you know, Superman is pretty much just God tier. He's literally like the trump card that, you know, mm-hmm. they bust out. But rather than him being like, you know, the uh, the last resort that, you know, um, will help them out and they all help out as a group, he's pretty much the whole team. Yeah. You know, take right. everybody yeah. else out of the equation, and the Superman is literally just there. He, if he wanted to, he could have just like ended um, Steppenwolf on his own, straight up. And, and um, that's why, yeah, in I many mean, ways, the most interesting thing Snyder could do with Superman in this universe is go down the Injustice and Nightmare timeline and yeah. make him the big bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, he's super quick. Uh, I mean, wh- what can they do that he can't? Apart from what breathe on the water but he probably he can breathe in space so he probably yeah. could be you'll be fine yeah, water, water, right? okay. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean apart from speak to dolphins and shit like what can they do that he can't i mean yeah i mean right? i will He's, say flash is marginally mm, faster yeah they, uh, one of the sure, things i sure, did sure, like sure. was during that fight was you could see that they were both fast but i liked the way he mm. did show that flash was marginally faster he was clearly yeah. moving quicker but and Super mm. was struggling to keep up a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and that, i like I, I do like how they really nice. they show the powers with uh the other guys like they show you how 
you know, Wonder Woman is really fast. I mean, that, can we talk about that Wonder Woman scene? I mean, how many people did she kill in front of those kids? <laughs> I'm talking puddles of blood around bodies, mm-hmm. mate. <laughs> yeah, and that it's one. It's okay, short, and I'm the good guy. <laughs> yeah, and that one guy, like you know, was it at the end? He was just yeah. about to shoot everybody. She didn't need to do him like that. All yeah. you needed to do was subdue or throw him out the window. But she decided, you know what? Nah, you're 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 gonna get the whole bracelet bag yeah, and yeah, smash yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. I would have blown oh, oh, you gonna point the gun at the kids? Out of the oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I did like, though, while we're on the subject of powers, I liked how much we saw sort of the scale to which Cyborg's powers expand in this oh, version. It's like, yeah. it's like you got hints of it in, in the, uh, in, in, you know, in, in the, what's it, um, Justice, Justice League, but, but it's, in here it's just, like, yeah. tenfold. It's sort of its own, it, it's, it's sort of, it's almost on par with Flash in that, like, it feels borderline cosmic, and, Although it would be yeah. less that, more just you know, technomancy. Uh, ele- yeah, ele- <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Um, technomancy. Yeah, just 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 having this vast electronic interface at your disposal and doing whatever the fuck you want with it, and it's he like literally, oh, oh. it's like he's a wizard in there. It's it's, it's it's you know his element, this mag magic to him, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and again with both that and the extra emotional weight when. Um, you know, Miles Dyson sacrifices himself for a cyborg for the second time. Uh, we, uh, yes. we, uh, yeah, cyborg in this version undeniably got both. You know, he he got his spotlight uh, as as he deserved, and and it was, yeah, honestly, pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. just to jump on that just for a second. I know we're talking about powers, but. To see, again, I guess it's more of a character uh, point, but yeah, uh, to see his family and the reasons for everything and his struggles, uh, dude, it just made everything he did so much more impactful. Mm. Uh, in the first time in the 2017 version, I, I felt nothing for that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I didn't care about his powers that much. I didn't care. Every time he was on screen, I was like, all right, can you just tell us where the MacGuffin is so we can crack on? Because, you know. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah, and um, they they just did a really good job of like uh, for a relatively like unknown character, just in the grand scheme of things. I mean, think about it. In the grand scheme of things, how many people know who Cyborg is? Everybody else, like unless you're the main Trinity or like you know at least to a degree, people know who like Flash and like Aquaman is. Mm-hmm. Cyborg, unless you're like what uh, you saw the Teen Titans maybe TV show, you know the old one or like you know the mm-hmm. sort of Teen Titans Go thing. No one really knows who the hell Cyborg is. You're trying to introduce this character to a brand new set of people, and the 2017 edition was the best you could do at the time. Pathetic. So yeah, yeah, this yeah. new version was so much better. We get we had a reason to care about this guy. And we saw why he was like that sort of like a uh, unifying element that sort of, you know, not only brought a lot of the characters together, but also brought the story together without him. Mm. Take him out of the equation. And yeah, this film, like this film story would go a very different way. Mm, and um, so. I feel like uh, a discussion like, you know, briefly will have to be had about like, you know, how this form was, uh, how this film was formulated, because I feel like the greatest failing of this film lies with Warner Brothers themselves more so than anything else. Now, the thing is, with uh, Joss Whedon, like, you know, was it obviously there is great disappointment in this man, considering like, you know, all the great things that he is delivered in the realm of TV, film and comic books up until this point. And, you know, finding out about like, you know, all the abusive stuff that he did, disgusting, terrible. 
obviously. And when Ray Fisher first came out, there was a little bit of like backlash, I think, from certain individuals because he did not say specifically what had happened. And I think a lot of people were just annoyed about the fact that Fisher was literally just, you know, complaining, but we didn't know what he was complaining about. But that then when um, Buffy Illuminati, like Charisma Carpenter, and mm. Uh, came to the forefront and Ray Fisher backed her up. The pieces came together a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. About the kind of work environments that Whedon creates. Very toxic. Yeah, yeah. James Masters even talked about it uh, when he appeared on Michael Rose's mom's podcast. He, he straight up said, like, yeah, I was terrified of Joss the entire time. Holy I was shit. On even yeah. Spike spoke up. Even yeah. Spike yeah. spoke yeah. up. Yeah, I remember wow. reading that interview. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> wow. And um, it's. Uh, it's very troubling that, like, you know, was it that was the situation that happened over there. But what bothers me greater is the fact that Snyder, uh, you know, suffered a tragedy, right? But rather mm-hmm. than give sure. this man the time of day to grieve and then come back to his project, mm. Warner Brothers decided, <laughs> you know what, money and time is more important. Now, grind. I I don't work in the business, but I know, obviously, at the end of the day, making films is a business and you have a certain time frame that things need to happen. Especially if they're studio projects. Like, indie films, kind of a different kettle of fish, but with something like a big superhero property, studio's going to do what studio's going to do. But, yeah, the fact that they decided, you know what, yeah, we want some of that Marvel energy. We're going to bring in the guy that made films that, totally don't fit within this tone but we're going to try and recoup this rejigger it frankenstein this into like something and we're going to put this out as a product and they thought that that was going to work that was one (laughs) of the worst decisions that they could have ever made personally i'm not sure if they cared if it worked or not i think they just wanted to meet that deadline if they got the box office numbers i think that was all they cared right oh yeah i mean there was an article that came out they did you know they all made bonuses about you know getting it out on time because the priority was getting it hitting that release date it didn't really matter if it was good or not it was getting a film out for the date there you go yeah Yeah. all (laughs) about that bottom line guys yeah unfortunately so so yeah i think in that respect like i said while you know, I have my issues with the film. I don't always vibe with Snyder's style. I am ultimately glad this film got made as he intended it. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> I think know, we'll see. it might not be 100% for me, but ultimately that doesn't really matter. <clears throat> yeah. And, and yeah. that's the thing I, I love about it too. Like, as, as much of a fanboy as I've been on this podcast and talking about what I like about it um, with the presentation and everything and all the, the, God, the God level stuff. <laughs> Um, it's by no means a perfect movie, um, but I'm just, I'm glad that we have this, because like I said, I don't think we'll get anything like Zack Snyder's trilogy for a long time, if ever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm kind of, yeah, I kind of dig that we, uh, we got us, we got to see his, uh, his passion. That's fair. Very much. I think the only other, like, you know, minor issues I'll bring up is that one, certain segments of the film felt, uh, you know, a little self-indulgent or like, um, oh yeah, were you know, was it just slightly extended for no reason? Like, as interesting as it was to have like, you know, those women by like the sea singing as Aquaman, <laughs> left, I was sort of just like, why, why? Um, you, you, gave, you, like, gave, you gave us this, and we couldn't get more of J.K. Simmons as Jim Gordon. Yeah, like, oh, exactly, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 like, I honestly like, no, thought forty no, ladies sniffing. Horny lady sniffing Jason Momoa's jump was. <laughs> I, I thought you know the 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 freaking kraken or something would turn up. I don't know what are they summoning here. Like I I was looking for more Aquaman stuff, and all we got was 
a couple of sniffs and yeah, yeah. Bruce. Yeah. Even Bruce was like, "Yeah, I'm out." What the? Fuck? Yeah, he, he didn't <laughs> even stay for the whole song. He just bounced. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, "All right, I'm." And right, what's I, I live in Gotham. This is too weird for me. I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> I think was it the the other thing was the music uh, videos within the film as well that oh, I yes. mentioned. Good gravy, like um, yeah, yeah, the the. <laughs> Wonderful little moments of strolling down the road or strolling down the pier or standing in the middle of a car crash and we just have a slow, dreary song in epic slow motion and the... Mm. I'm not gonna lie, I lo- I low key preferred when Aquaman's exit off the pier was set to Icky Thump. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I can see that, I can see that, but I would say the the one that gave me like you know just a little bit of pause was the uh, the Flash one because Flash in this moment in time uh, is running off to go about and save only to known to fans really is Iris West right yeah, yeah. but the fact that this man takes time to admire this girl be touching up her hair and stuff and I'm like bruv what are you doing I know oh. she won't know what you're doing yeah. but the yeah. fact of the matter is you're being a creeper using your superpowers stop yeah. it yeah this raises some troubling implications and uh, also has Ezra Miller doing some more problematic shit so no stop oh. that <laughs> it's so annoying the red yeah. scene is so great like seeing the shoes burn off the way right. he has yeah. to be sort of careful in the way that he's touching people like he clearly is just grabbing them because the speed will destroy them like we see his feet burning up the ground he's very gently moving mm-hmm. or you're like this is great and then he's just sort of like ooh pretty hair and you're like oh yeah. stop it stop it that's creepy that's like they almost um, they almost try to give themselves an excuse by letting us see them oodle each other with their eyes before it's like ooh ooh love at first sight alright 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 all right. she has like big horny eyes uh, when he says right? that yeah. uh, of course my guy's thinking with his pee pee first but it was it was just it was just too odd to watch. It was very so odd. Weird. Little icky. Odd to watch. Little icky. I mean, he didn't have to stay that long. Yeah. And I'm sorry, how in the hell is she in the middle of an accident and her face still looks like she's trying to check him out? Yeah. How was that, how, how was that happening? You'd think so, that at one point in that sort of the car flip, her eyes would have sort She would of be gone. scared. Yeah, like I wasn't screaming here, yeah. rather just like, oh my. Yeah, yeah the fact that like, no reaction I, 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 when you know when what, I hope, I hope mm. that if I die violently in a car crash, I'm that chill about it the entire time. Just like, yeah, I, okay, this is how it ends. Fair enough. Yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, just like well, that was a thing. Stay loose. Stay loose. Let me go get some breakfast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I, I find that scene was probably the most, especially in the road that was probably the most artificial scene i felt in the whole movie you know she wasn't dirty she wasn't scared her freaking car blew up down the street every you know she saw a super powered human and it just it's just glossed over like really quickly much, i'm just like pretty much frick mm. and again it's, yeah. it sort of feels like it was part of another movie somehow it's yeah I mean, like, I know, I know, we are like getting, the, I know we are getting the Flash movie at, at some point next couple of years, but um, whether oh my god, can you imagine they try to stick this scene in there? Oh no! Oh no! no, no get rid of it. What? This is the intro <laughs> to the next movie. We get to see this whole thing again. It's, I'm like, oh, it, no, it's no, going to no. start with him at the. <laughs> the film is going to start with him at the uh, the pet shop. That's how the new Flash movie starts. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> oh, god. It's the quality cinema I need in my life. <laughs> oh, oh wow! 
Um, I'm trying to think. Is there any other specific points that you guys wanted to bring up? Not really. And I will say we're approaching an hour and fifty now. So uh, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, if wow, I could wow, like, wow. Super, there's just one thing, and yeah. we said we talked about it before. Sure. sure. I think something that we I mentioned earlier that was a big problem for me was something like pacing. If I can give one mm-hmm. great little fun example of what I think is irritating pacing here, because it's it's very Snyder, it's the good and the bad, no. and that's right at the end where we get Deathstroke chatting with Luther, and Luther gives him Bruce's name, and you go, oh my god, this is about to be the coolest smackdown of the century. The setup mm-hmm. here is amazing, I love this. And then we smash cut to the two of them working together, buddy buddy, in the nightmare scene. And you right, yeah. that, that was this a really is, weird editing. This is my heart sucks, man. Here's the thing. Here's, pacing here. here's the thing, though, with that. Um, apparently, the the original pitch for the Batfleck solo movie, which Affleck himself was set to direct at one point, you know, Deathstroke was set to be the main villain of that, and it would have essentially been. A, a sort of stalker horror movie where Deathstroke was bit by bit destroying Bruce Wayne's life and mm-hmm. and sort of building on that after credit scene. It's, well, after credit scene that in Justice League mm-hmm. actual yeah. in movie scene in this version. Um, yeah. But it's like but what I mean. It would yeah, yeah, that would it would have been the build off from that, yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. it would yeah. be a great setup. But it is. I think it's a perfect example of one of the big issues I think this film has, and that is weird pace moments. Moments like yeah. that where either the yeah. payoff is so immediate or a scene counters it, or you have things that happen and then aren't followed up on for so long that you forget about them. A great oh, example. Dude, yeah, we were and talking I, about this and, earlier and, on. And I think mm-hmm. that's where some of the issues, where, where you can reinstate the argument for making it a miniseries as opposed to a four-hour movie, because it's like if you restructured the edit and they yeah. put certain scenes closer together or further apart in individual episodes, you know, it, it would have... Like I said, it's definitely... It, this is definitely a more cohesive movie than the 2017 version, but there's still little bits and pieces that could have tightened it up more from an Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think big things need to move. So, for example, you know, those people are kidnapped from the lab, and that's sort of a big, interesting beat right at the start. And then I was curious to time it. We then don't get any follow-on on that for an entire hour. And that feels like that's another Bloody great hell. example of the weird pacing, you know. True, people are kidnapped. Yeah. It feels like a very pressing, oh, my God, someone broke into the lab and kidnapped these people. And then mm-hmm. for this huge amount of time, there is nothing on that. And I when, when that and when we get easy. back when we get back to them, it's like they had just gotten to yeah. their destination. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stefan was like, "All right, I'll go do that interrogation now." And you're like, "Oh, this whole time you were just like, oh, just like store them Dustin. there, don't worry about it." <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I mean, will I will mention one more thing. I know we're going over time here. But I'll keep it short. The one more thing, and I believe me and Felix were talking about this earlier on, was the idea that Darkseid came to Earth when the new gods were there, and the old gods, sorry, and he smacks the ground, sees the anti-life equation as his ships start to flow in. He knows, he, he, he must have recognized the sign, or he, you know, the sign up on the floor. Yet, after he gets his ass handed to him, not only does he not come back to Earth for thousands of years, after thousands of planets that he's conquered, so he's strong enough. I mean, you don't forget a beatdown like that. Yeah. 
but he also somehow forgets that mm-hmm. he smacked the floor <laughs> and revealed the anti the anti life location, and then uh, sorry equation, and then Steppenwolf has to come in and hit the floor again, being reminded by the mother box that oh yeah, if you hit the floor, something might happen, yeah. and then he tells <laughs> Darkseid, <laughs> you know, and he's Tragic. like oh yeah, the anti equation like it's here, it's like Darkseid should have been like oh yeah shit, I remember that, I actually kind of revealed that to myself, yeah. but I forgot. Oh, damn yeah, that happened. <laughs> What yeah. a big dum dum! <laughs> silly, silly Billy. Yeah, when we speak about Dark Side, he's a big dum dum. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, um, I think yeah. The only other thing I would mention uh, briefly is that we mentioned J.K. Simmons beforehand, but I really like him as an actor, and I was very excited to see his incarnation of like uh, Jim Gordon, which I think he does a pretty good job of. The problem is the guy is given like you know what five minutes max mm-hmm. between like two scenes if and an extra cameo towards the end it, and I'm like it, 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 it stings an extra bit though because like if you saw you know back in like late 2016 early 2017 he was getting prepped for the role he was hitting the gym going hard and then you know whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah just ugh. it was unfortunate Fun oh. fact, I, um, hmm. I attended a Cameramage Film Festival in Poland in 2017, and J.K. Simmons was there. Um, I fleetingly yeah. met him. He's lovely, incidentally. Um, but apparently, nice. um, apparently after a movie he had there, he was there, and people sort of went up to him afterwards asking him to sign stuff. One person went up with a print of him as Jim Gordon uh, from Justice League, with, and, and he just sort of looks at it sort of laughs very mirthlessly and says, "Blink and you'll miss me." <laughs> oh, oh, wow! So oh, even he knew at the time the uh, oh. how dirty he'd been done in post production. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's such a tough part, I think, to deal with when you're in that life. Sorry, in that career line, mm. where you know, you know, sure, I could be shooting for six months, but they'll probably use ten seconds of me. You know, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Editing oh. can be a brutal process, but yeah. studios can be more yeah. brutal. <laughs> and also, like the real suffering because everything is trying to be a franchise now. When you sign on to do a role like that, you don't know if it's going to be one film or seven. Like he probably signed mm. on to that yeah. thinking. So I do this. I then do the Batflight movie. I then do all the Justice League movies. Only to find out, actually, no, none of that. All that workout was for nothing. Your three scenes and never again. And even, they, and even if they yeah. do hashtag restore the Snyderverse now, he's not going to come back. He's doing other shit. So yeah, he's like frankly, you know, he's daily bugle now in how many universes? <laughs> <laughs> Remains to be seen. <laughs> exactly, yeah, we'll see. see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that is a good place to uh, wrap this up because I believe that we all have places to be right now, and I'm pretty hungry. Um, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking around through our review slash spoiler discussion about Zack Snyder's Justice League. If you have seen the film, please be sure to let us know in the comment section below. Did you like it more than the original? Are you one of the weird people that like the the you know the 2017 edition? Do you not care? I open the floor to discussion, so like, be sure to holler at me on the comment section below or on Twitter where I'm at Hypersonic 55 or at Film Focus 55. Check us out on the blog, and we're on that Facebook, and yeah, 
primarily lurking about on SoundCloud, but also on iTunes, Spotify, and all those other good services. So look us up. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. This has been a super fun discussion. Always um, a pleasure. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and thank uh, you for uh, thank you for inviting me, guys. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Yes. I've never done anything like this before. Not gonna lie, I was a little bit nervous. I think when I started when you started recording, but yeah, hey, it's been it's been hella fun. Yeah. yeah, and um, as a third time guest on Kurt's podcast, I'll agree. You know, it, it, it's um, it's all it's always sort of fun. You know, just just chill, shooting the shit energy here, and and yeah, it's all, it's all I always enjoy myself. <laughs> yes, thank you for being the Batman to our Justice League and bringing us all together for going out and assembling us for you for uniting us to talk about yeah what it. All the stuff we've just spent almost two hours talking about. <laughs> thank the you for time. <laughs> the flies on these types of things. Yeah, and uh, thank you for like giving me the big daddy dark side. I will never forget it. <laughs> Beautiful. I wish I could. <laughs> daddy dark side and Dom Dissart. Um, is there anything you guys would want to plug before we wrap this thing up entirely? I believe Ross, you have a film coming out. You want to plug that out all? Well, uh, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, well, for my, <clears throat> well, for my sins, I am a, uh, I'm a freelance editor, um, and sort of that's the career end game for me, really. And I have um, one of my feature films. Uh, well, I have, I have one fi- feature film to my name currently. I have, I have a couple in the pipeline, but uh, keep an eye out for Here Comes the Duke. Um, we, in particular, we are on. We have quite a big social media campaign going for that. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the main three, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, um, our crowdfunder's ne- nearly finished. Um, the, the podcast will probably be out after the crowdfunder wraps up, so no need to worry about that. But we're um, but we're well on the way, and yeah, just watch our pages for more updates. That is, uh, here comes the Duke at um, Facebook, Twitter, and Insta, and. If you want to follow me and my editing and YouTube stuff specifically, I am at RossMad underscore edits on Insta. So, there you go. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that'll wrap it up for another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening as always, ladies and gentlemen. And until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 and his wonderful merry men of gentlemen signing out. Peace. Farewell. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Peace out. Yeah! Thank you.